Hi friend, welcome back to the Sum It Up podcast. I'm your host, Blake Reed Evans, and we are joined by the one and the only Dave Kirby. Dave is a shareholder and a senior director of development for Summit Salon Business Center, an incredible facilitator, and has actually been in the industry since the mid 80s, like was a part of Summit Salon Business Center before we were even Summit Salon Business Center goes way back with our founders. Um, and I'm just so honored and excited to have you on the show today. Thank you, Blake. For our friends listening, we're here in Tampa, Florida. Um, there is a summit actively going on right now. And one of the big topics that we were talking about is kind of chopping up the generations as they exist. And one of the big things with Gen Z, and if you're not familiar with Gen Z, they can be as young as like 10 or 11 years old right now, or as old as 26 years old. But basically one of the big things that separates that generation is that you need to walk the walk. They don't give a F about like what title you have, how long you've been doing it. Um, They wanna see you walk the walk and the ethics of the company and what do you stand for? And I think it's it's really important for us to recognize. Yeah, I mean, it's something I talk about at Summit all the time. And when Heather and I teach the mindful leadership class, we talk a lot about generational leadership. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm a baby boomer. Heather's a Gen X. Mm-hmm. And our generations were raised to respect the position, no matter who mm-hmm. is in the position. But the younger generations, they've just said, you have to be who you say you are. And if there's a gap between your words and actions, we're going to call you out on it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a wonderful thing just mm-hmm. as someone who has a lifelong disdain for bullies and BS. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think it's a great for all of us as adults to be kind of held to the fire. You know, what I say always at summit is that every generation thinks the one after them is lazy, entitled, has it easy, has no work yeah. ethic. And, I like chuckle to myself that, you know, somewhere back a couple of generations, there was a, you know, a group of grownups thinking people were lazy and entitled because they went to the grocery store to buy food instead of hunting for it or growing it themselves. And I think every generation is working with the tools that were given to them by the generation before them. Right. And I think it's for better, but, you know, if some people feel it's for worse, the reality is we provided millennials and Gen Z with tons of really great technology and it's advancing so quickly. It's hard for people to keep up, but it's a, in the end, it's a great thing because it's helping all of us um, do our jobs bigger, better, faster. And, you know, I think the challenge always for us is how do we keep bringing it back to the humanity of it, the authenticity of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a big part of the, summit principles and certainly how you guys live your lives in your salon company. And I think it's a, it's a cool thing. I hear a lot of salon owners often say like, well, that generation is so entitled. And actually, depending on how old the millennial is, I find that they're probably some of the hardest workers I've ever met in my life. And we also really want a good work-life balance. Like I'm going to take three weeks off to go to Europe with my family and the organization's going to be okay. But I'm also going to bust my ass the rest of the year to do well within that company. And then um, some of the younger somebody gets, I've noticed, it's sometimes not about money at all. It's just like, do I like hanging out here? Yeah. As a baby boomer, I kind of grew up in the generation of 40 hours a week is a dead minimum. And you're Mm -hmm. kind of a gutless wimp if you're not working 50 or 60 hours a week and stressed out and 
you know, angry and tired. And I love that, you know, the millennial generation really forced us to stop and just ask the question, why is that the preferred method? And I, you know, just as somebody who um, has been a chronic workaholic for Mm -hmm. several decades, it it's been really refreshing. And while I'm not as great at practicing what you all preach as Mm -hmm. I should be, I have made life changes as a result. To me, it's a a beautiful thing. Yeah, I I was reading one time that the 40-hour work week was set up in a way that was meant for one person to go to work and one parent to stay at home, right? And all generations can probably relate to this, which is like, if you have a single parent, like their life is not, it's not fair if they're working 40 plus hours a week, plus they're supposed to clean their house, take the kids to wherever, make dinner. Um, it's just not, it's literally not possible to do because um, there's just not enough hours in the day. And I think the pandemic kind of just put a brutal spotlight on that mm-hmm. and just reminded people we have to find a better way. I'm at the age now where I just kind of look back and I I can think back to when my son was five and I was walking him through the mall and I can still picture him today in his little striped Oshkosh bib overalls and his red turtleneck. And (laughs) now he has a, a son of his own that's that same age. And I blinked and all of a sudden we're at this new place. And I think it's good for all of us to just slow down and realize it's going to get away from us way faster than we think and we have to find ways to make the ride a lot more enjoyable and make it serve all the purposes it needs earn enough money to take care of your family and yourself and meet your financial needs but then you know make sure you're doing work that's rewarding to you and we use the term at summit all the time meaningful work that what we're doing is really helping people achieve their dreams or helping them realize there are dreams to be achieved. And it's, you know, it's a fun thing to do, but at the same time, you have to take care of yourself and have enough balance in your own life that you have something to give when you jump on that next airplane. Yeah. It's really funny that you bring that up about just really trying to find balance. And I just saw a report sometime last year that Spain is adopting a 32 hour work week and a four day work week. And I was laughing because, of course, at Summit, we really like promote a a 32-hour work week. And personally, like I'm experiencing it where I'm working now 24 hours a week behind the chair. And then I have six hours of like admin work that I do for my salon company. And I've never made more money at my salon ever than when I started cutting back hours. Our employees perform better when they're on a 32-hour or 30-hour or so work week. So what advice do you have for a salon owner that is of the mindset I want my employees there 40 plus hours. I want that chair to spin as fast as possible to get as many butts into the chair. Um, I think the most important thing is let's look at the actual source of the problem. And the problem is we're trying to cover all the hours that a salon company is open with a shortage of people. And by telling the employees that they have to work 40 hours or telling them even when they have to work within that work week Mm -hmm. is really just taking what is truly a salon owner's problem and making it the employee's problem. Mm -hmm. And if we're just honest with ourselves and say, okay, it's not, not their fault that I need four more people on the floor. It's one thing for me to Mm -hmm. say, Hey Blake, can I ask you to pull an extra shift for the next four weeks until we get another associate on the floor? That's, that's a way different thing than 
me being bitter and angry that you won't won't work 40 hours a week. All the salons that I still work with, I'm constantly reviewing. Let's look at their productivity against their schedule and let's right size the schedule to match their productivity so that they walk in the door knowing they're going to be fully booked. They have a plan for the day. They're on fire from the time they get there. And before they know it, the day's over. They don't have time to stir up trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also making a great living for themselves and their family. And then I just have to make it my responsibility as the owner to employ enough of those people that we can cover all the hours we want to be open. And um, I think, you know, the associate program certainly has been a game changer for our industry. But, you know, I have worked with a lot of salons that say they're doing the associate program, but it's kind of the old school stand here, watch me do hair, and I'll tell you when you're ready. Um, And, you know, when I can convince them, look, if you won't do any other part of the program properly, at least give them an opportunity shift once a week so they have time to do hair. And that, to me, gives them hope that they can get through the training, get on the floor. And it's no fun standing around watching someone else do hair. It's, you got to get your hands in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, one of the big things that I, I took away from the summit this week was when you have an associate and what I, I'm learning a lot about some of the stylists that are joining our industry is like, if you give them a goal and they know exactly what the goal is, they'll go for it. A, a lot of people are wired that way. And if they crush these goals, put them on the floor. You can follow up with all the additional education because if you have a stylist or an associate stylist or if you call them an assistant, if they can fill one, two, three shifts, three months out of school, they have a demand on their time. I was a stylist. I wasn't very good at hair. I was good at building a book and I jumped levels and and all that stuff. I figured out the technical stuff kind of later as a salon owner now, educator in our salon company. I'm like, yeah, go on the floor in three months if you can fill those three shifts and we'll follow up with you with the education later because obviously people like you enough to keep coming back and pay you money. Yeah. And our friend Heather always says the worst that will happen is it will be revealed. So Mm -hmm. let's let them run with it and let's let them pursue their passion. And, you know, I think so many salon owners are worried about putting them on the floor. It's like, I need to protect my brand by making sure they're great before they go on the floor. But, you know, you weren't great when you went on the floor and (laughs) we're not trying to get them level five or six ready. We're trying to get them level one ready. Let's let them do that and, you know, make some messes and fail their way through it and be there to pick them up and support them and help them learn what they need to learn. And, They'll grow at the pace that they need to grow and they'll be better for it. The next direction I want us to take this conversation is there are a lot of people who've been in the industry for a really long time who have so much to offer and they are terrified of not being quote unquote um, cool enough or relevant enough for the younger generation, what advice do you have for them? Part of it is just being humble enough to face mortality and reality. And (laughs) that, you know, that can be a hard thing for some people, but I feel like salon owners today that are in that, you know, I look at people kind of in my age group that have, you know, are in their fifties and sixties and still doing hair full time. And if you're doing that because you love it, that's awesome. But you know, if you're doing that because you're the only one, pulling the train 
in your company, that's a problem. And uh, I think the best advice is find somebody not the generation after you, but two generations after you. Mm-hmm. And just be open to learning what's interesting to them and what they find motivating and the things that inspire them. Because even if you personally are not going to be the person creating a TikTok video every day or spending a lot of time on your device, just being aware that that's what's necessary for the generations you're now hiring will make you a better salon owner. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's just, it's fun and exciting to just see what people are up to. Even if you don't personally have an interest of going down that road, Mm -hmm. knowing what matters to them and why it matters to them will allow you to have a better company. And I'm caught in the middle of kind of the old guard and new guard, which is like, I was totally passing out business cards in our plaza at one point. Um, but then I was also like, oh, I can post on Facebook and get, you know, a lot more. But it's still the same idea at the end yeah. of the day, right? Well, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but I do remember the event. It was our SSBC staff retreat oh, yeah. at the Marriott in <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota. And it was a mic drop moment when you said to that whole room of people that, even if I handed out 100 business cards, maybe I'll get 10 people. Yeah. But I can reach 10,000 people with my device before you're done printing the cards. And mm-hmm. that, I'm telling you, for me personally, but for a lot of people in our company, that was the moment everyone's sort of eyes open and said, we, we have to rethink this. And mm-hmm. the principles of just inviting people back, you know, pre-booking your next appointment, that's going to be a lifelong deal in our industry (laughs) but i get really sad when i see someone jump online and write a big long post about how angry they are that somebody canceled or no showed at the last minute (laughs) but and i actually said this to um, a stylist in a salon company over the weekend that i was coaching i said how would you feel if your client on the day that you had to call in sick and we had to move all of your appointments to another stylist or move them to a different day, how would you feel if your client got online and posted this full mm-hmm. paragraph, you know, indictment of your behavior because you called in sick or you had a sick child? Coming up after the break, leaders and our egos. A little help from Dave about how to keep those things in check. Stick with us. Implementing the associate program has been one of Summit's core principles to help salons maximize their growth potential. Now, as an online video training experience, Summit is announcing the launch of the associate program in action. A new video learning experience available on our online learning platform, summit365.com. Heather Bagby and Nicole Mitchell lead learners through several video modules that cover the why behind implementing the associate program, as well as how to establish school relationships and attract potential new hires with social media strategies. And of course, the step-by-step proven curriculum to help your associates graduate level one ready. This online experience also includes the new 5th edition Associate Program Workbook and several downloadable worksheets to help you implement the system to commit to long-term action. Visit SummitSalon365.com to purchase your subscription. What does being a leader mean to you in 2022? 
for me at at my age and my place in the the company i think being a leader is sharing everything i can about what i have and what i've experienced mm -hmm. but being way more of a listener than I've ever been about what are the next steps our company needs to take to remain relevant for the chapter that's going to happen when I'm no longer here. How do we put it in the hands of someone who cares about it as much as us, but then care for them enough to let them do it in a way that resonates with them and whoever mm -hmm. they're going to be leading. And mm -hmm. when your ego gets involved, that's a hard thing to do, but it's, it's so important. And you know, I, I say this all the time, but we had our staff retreat in Austin, Texas this year. And I look around that room and the people I trained are all team leaders, shareholders. You know, one of them, Heather Bagby is my boss now. I yeah. mean, and I love that. I just love that those people have stepped into roles. And I feel 100% confident that when I'm not here or not a part of it, whatever causes that to happen. But I have a hundred percent faith and trust that it's going to be the kind of company that I would love and respect from afar, even if I wasn't in the middle of it. You touched on our ego. Cause I think that I, I know for a fact that it spans all industries and our industry, particularly because we're image based too. I think sometimes the egos can be even greater in, in some regards, what are some ways for, us to like catch our ego because I think egos are the reason why a lot of salons are losing people or not hiring people. How do we catch that as it's like happening? Well, I, I think a huge part of it is just remembering, you know, we're, it's not about us. It's about the people we're serving. And mm -hmm. that could be someone in your chair, someone in your treatment room, or it could be an employee that you're coaching to mm -hmm. try and earn their next promotion. And to just I'm not sure why parenting's on my mind this morning, but mm -hmm. just remember when my son was young, trying to get him dressed for school in the morning. And I was just always of the belief, it's like, let him dress himself. Mm -hmm. And if he looks like a dork, his peer group will correct him and he'll, <laughs> he'll be fine. It, it's not about what I think would look great on him or make him look like a cool kid. L let's just provide enough clothing, he has choices, and let him make those choices. And I feel like, um, you know, as leaders in the salon industry, we have to provide enough tools for people to build their careers. It's just about how do we give people the courage to stumble through the mistakes that it takes to get good at something mm -hmm. and just let them make their own magic. It doesn't have to be the way I did it or the way I thought it was going to happen. And, you know, many of the most successful things that have happened in our industry have been, for lack of a better term, happy accidents, mm -hmm. you know, and to me, that's, a, that's an amazing part of our industry. Yeah, I think that um, I, a huge, a huge thing I, I heard was just, um, it's about the people. It's not about you. But if you make it about the other people, the rest of the stuff, your bills will be covered. <laughs> you know, I was with a salon company um, not that long ago. And that was that was their their mindset. And he's like, but I do know that they need to get on social media. That's why you're here. And I was like, can I speak uh, direct with you if you're okay with it? And he's like, I think. And I was like, I just need a full green light. And um, I was like, 
I think you need to change your mindset about what's happening because you're saying these people are making a lot of issues for you, um, but those are your issues to handle, not theirs. Um, and you need to create a really great space for them to be. And he, <laughs> he was like, well, that's why you're here. And I was like, yeah, but I'm going to get on a plane in about five hours. And then um, they're left here with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I really like your mindset around it. I wish that... Um, all salon owners would just adapt just that growth mentality of like i just want to grow people around me because if a lot of people are growing you're going to rise up with them because they're going to push you up yeah and i think when you have a reputation of being the kind of leader that lets people come in and find their way Mm -hmm. um you don't have recruiting problems yeah oh and i think it's it's huge too like I, I was just talking to one of our um, front desk team members who's in school and she was like, I was like, what is the school's perception of our salon? Because I love to ask like people who are currently in our academy, what do you think about Shiar? What do people people say? And um, I was really excited to hear when she said, oh, are your North locations like the upbeat, fun, young one? Mind you, friends listening, we're coming up on 37 years, yeah. I think, or 36 years of being open. Like... That's so cool, particularly because I've been at Shira now coming up on um, 11 years to hear someone say that. I mean, it's because we truly like our goal is to let people be who they are. Also, a lot of salon owners will say, well, they're just going to the cool, trendy salon. And what I've learned about cool, trendy salons is a lot of them expect you to be a cookie cutter of what cool and trendy means to them versus a growth mindset of like, just let people be who who they are. So I think it's it's really exciting opportunity for us as a as a industry for us to like old guard new guard let's all work together to see what what does the next 10 to 30 years looks like yeah and i think it just requires leadership to have a certain amount of openness to just be curious about what could this be like some of the things that our company is doing today i never would have thought of none of us ever would have mm-hmm. um, but by you know bringing people in and letting them express themselves we have divisions that were never on the master plan. And right. it's a wonderful thing. I mean, it's an exciting thing. It allows us to just be relevant to whoever they plan to serve in the future. Yeah. I mean, it's cool to see. I remember that moment that you, you talked about earlier, which is like I um, Heather had me come to a retreat and yeah. like just... I was like a brand new Redken artist, I think maybe like one or two years in and saying that. And I remember saying like, I'm not going to pass out business cards anymore. And the whole room like looked at me and I was like, oh no. And I remember later that evening texting Heather being like, how was it? And she was like, I think that you ruffled feathers in the right way. And I was like, okay. And now we have this whole giant social digital division. We're the fastest growing division. um, And it's just so, so cool to to witness it happen. But like many, many quote unquote rufflings of the feathers, there was so much truth in what you said that people who were ruffled felt embarrassed that like, why did that never occur to me? Right. You know, it's almost like it's so obvious we all should have seen it. Mm-hmm. But until someone says it out loud, you don't realize. And I think that for people who are in organizations that you may feel like your owner is not open, they may not be willing. Um, please know that they're probably scared for the feedback because they're so scared of change or they're so scared of what you're going to say is going to attack who they are as a person. Um, but I believe that anything worth saying can be said nicely. Um, and 
just like I referenced earlier, just ask if you can speak straight with somebody because you get less of an emotional response out of someone if you just say, hey, can I speak straight? Um, or what I'm about to say might um, scare you. So if you're not ready for it, I can wait for it another day. But you get them a little bit more in a headspace to accept what you're about to say and then say it and wait. Because I think one thing that Joanne has taught me is just like, slow down. You got to let change happen slowly. You can't just like do something and <laughs> or express something and expect change to happen really quickly. But a lot of the things are worth expressing because a lot of people are willing to change and they're willing to hear you out, but they're just really scared. And I meet a lot of salonists who are just scared of the feedback. But if you are someone who you know you have really great leadership quality, just say say what you need to say. And, and then if they don't adopt it, then move on or find a different way to do what it is that you want to do. Well, and I think... To carry that further, it's really just recognizing the difference between going to someone and saying, I want or I need Mm -hmm. that versus what would happen if we Mm -hmm. and then fill in the blank or what would it take for us to get and rather than having it come across as a demand, Mm -hmm. just have it be a conversation starter, a question that says, I don't know, I've never really thought about what would happen if you all were allowed to have your phones on the floor i mean (laughs) the magic in that too is like talking to someone who has experience like i can't tell you the thousands of ideas i brought to joanne and heather and then joanne will be like well we've actually done that before and it bombed but let's try it again because it's a different different um era so it's cool to cool to watch that so we're going to shift gears into our rapid-fire question segment. Okay. Um, I've been so excited to do with this with you. Um, what is a common misconception about you? Uh, people think that I'm either checked out, not paying attention, or that I don't care about what they're saying mm-hmm. because I always look like I'm in another world, but <laughs> I'm hearing everything and processing. So Yeah. That is 100% true. And I, I relate to that a lot too. What is the best concert that you've been to? I've been the most excited to ask you this question. It's a three-way tie. Mm-hmm. Elton John, Paul McCartney, and Stevie Wonder. Um, what is a piece of advice that you would give yourself 15 years ago? Um, I think to just trust the process. You know, since I joined Summit, i pretty much just been all in and you know i've paid in other ways for that but just trusting that it'll all work out how it's supposed to when you hear the word successful who do you think of and why i think of anybody who's at peace with what they're doing and who they are as a human being like to me successful people are ones who are comfortable in their own skin Mm because it just makes them better at everything else that's awesome thank you so much for joining us on summit up how can we connect with you and how can we take classes with you yeah summitsalon.com if you go to the calendar you can sort by trainer and i have a class i do called summit stylist which Mm -hmm. is just kind of big picture approach how to use the summit systems to help you at various points in your career heather and i do a mindful leadership class and I teach a lot of summits, so those are all great, great places to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me.
Dave Kirby, what an honor. Okay, so here are my biggest takeaways from the conversation. One, cut the BS. Employees can always tell when their boss's actions don't match their words or when those actions don't live up to the company's stated values. That's nothing new. But the younger generations in our industry, the millennials and Gen Zers, are a lot less likely to put up with it. And remember, there is a labor shortage in this country, so folks can just walk out the door and get a job somewhere else. Two, allow your associates and newer stylists to make mistakes. I love Dave's parenting analogy here. It's a parent's instinct to protect their kids from anything negative that might happen. But helicopter parents can make kids feel suffocated and stifle their ability to develop independence. Doing hair is an art at the end of the day, and individuals should be given the freedom to develop their own style. We're called stylists after all. No one is saying trial by fire, that's why Summit has an associate program. But risk taking is part of the game, and if associates and stylists are allowed to learn from their own experience, they're going to develop their own clientele over time and also be a lot more likely to stay with your salon company. Three, you can and should bridge that generation gap. Love Dave's advice here for senior leaders. If possible, find someone not one, but two generations younger than you to help connect with and mentor. And let that mentorship go both ways. You don't have to reinvent yourself to benefit from new things, whether it's social media marketing or color techniques. That word style again. The beauty industry is always, always changing, and it's a younger generation that sets the trends. I mean, yeah, as a 30-year-old salon owner, I'm biased, but Dave agrees with me. So give that up-and-coming talent a voice in your leadership. Sum It Up is produced by Andrew Moraskin with editorial support from Tim Fisk. And I'm your host, Blake Reed Evans. And listen, friend, if you have gained anything from this episode or any prior episodes, please take a second to pass this episode on so you can share the learning. And we would be honored if you just took a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more people. And Spotify listeners, we see you and you can give us a rating there too. Now, if you're looking for more opportunities to grow and connect with us, visit us at summitsalon.com. Join our Facebook group, Summit Salon Community, or you can follow us on Instagram at Summit Salon. You and I can always connect on Instagram or TikTok at Blake Reed Evans. My DMs are always open. And by the way, if you're thinking of trying a 32-hour work week and you want to know about how it's going for me and my salon company, I'm more than happy to chat. Be well, friend, and talk soon. Thank you so much for listening.